where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm John. And I'm James. And this episode is, wait for it James, because this is a good title, From Beer to Eternity. Pretty good. It is pretty good. It sounds like it's been spoken by uh, Tim Allen. Came out on the 28th of November, 1985, written by Peter Casey and David Lee, and of course directed by James Burroughs. The ninth episode of season four. And let me tell you, quite a landmark episode this one, because we hear of the rivalry with Gary's Old Town Tavern. Nice bar rivalry. But first, the cold open. An interesting one. We've seen Cliff do a lot of weird things this season. And this is kind of, well, I'll just say it. Sunglasses indoors. That is suspicious. And it doesn't have any eye issues like, you know, conjunctivitis or a cat ripped out its his eye or something like that, like in, you know, the the Marvel films. <laughs> no, it's just there uh, for apparently style. Or or for the fact he doesn't have to squint. And also he thinks he can look at women without them knowing he's looking at them. And I'm like, Yeah, but they could see where your face is pointing. <laughs> it's very creepy. But anyway, they just kind of fall back on him. And he gets sort of proved wrong for his foolishness uh, when he does try to approach a woman. And she just uh, says, oh, perfect. Maybe he's in there. Perfect. Uses his glasses as a mirror. So she can apply her lipstick and then she goes off, presumably on a date with someone else. Yeah, what a cold open. But yeah, it's been quite strange this season so far. I think we were onto something where we thought that something must have happened in Florida when he had to return the shower curtains. (laughs) And towels. Just everything. He stole a hotel. He's still got the sunglasses. Yeah, they're from Italy. <laughs> he, he stole them from the airport. But what I do like about this cold open perfectly sets up Cliff to just wear sunglasses down the rest of the episode. That's all it sets up. Nothing else. Just sets up that. Maybe John Ratzenberger got in a fight with someone because he's a karate master. <laughs> I believe he has a red belt. It's either in karate or kung fu. I can't remember which one, but he does know the martial arts. Well, in this episode, he doesn't need to know karate because he's a man of mystery with some shades. But there is a rivalry, which brings us into the, the opening of the episode when the gang of cheers return from a day at the baseball field where they were playing a match against Gary and his old town tavern. And they lost, John. They lost everything. They lost the game. They lost their pride. They lost the, the, all hope. D- dignity, I think. Dignity is one of them. Maybe some shoes. But it's another loss in a string of many losses by the sounds of it. They've lost at many sports. Sam says that he's quite anxious and nervous because Cheers is a sports bar. Now it's a loser's bar. Who goes to a bar for losers? It's a good question. i tell you who. This guy. I go to bars for losers, for winners. I'm a man of the people. I don't go into a bar and go, tell me, is this a winner's bar? I only go to winner's bars. <laughs> You're a loser's bar? Well, that's the fear. That's the fear that they'll be just as a loser's bar. No one will ever come again. And Gary loves this. And he even stops by at Cheers just to gloat a bit. Gloaty Gary is what they call him. And the person who can't stand him is Carla, who I think at one point tries to hit around the head with a tray. Yes, that sounds like something Carla would do. That's quite slapstick, I think. Yeah, I believe it's a good time to go through the cast. A lot of patrons at Cheers this episode. There is. We've got first Joel Polis as Gary. He also appeared in The Thing, Remington Steel, St. Elsewhere, T.G. Hooker, Moonlight, and Cagney and Lacey, Matlock, Law and Order, Northern Exposure, Doogie Hauser, M.D., Home Improvement, Star Trek, Voyager, Roseanne, The Larry Sanders Show, Seinfeld, Dahmer and Greg, Angel, CSI, Bones, Castle, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., to name a few. Alan Koss as Alan, 
Tim Cunningham as Tim, Steve Gianelli as Steve, Jack Coslin as Bill. He also appeared in The Amazing Colossal Man, Attack of the Puppet People, War of the Colossal Beast, Rawhide, Play Misty for Me, Magnum Force, Hawaii Five-O, Beretta, Charlie's Angels, and Dynasty, to name a few. Did you just say Beretta? I did say Beretta. It's one of your favorite shows. I said Beretta after War of the Colossal Beast, but before Dynasty. John's thinking of doing a Beretta podcast. No, because those those DVDs are too damn expensive, James. We have Kim Waltrip as woman. She started her film and TV career as an Emmy girl at the 1980 Emmys and since then has expanded her career into acting, writing, directing and producing. She also helped Mary Bono, widow of Sonny Bono, run for Congress in 1998. After Mary's win, Waltrip was hired as her district director and worked in the House of Representatives for three years. So she's got quite the interesting career there. We have uncredited roles of Ken Dumaine as customer and Al Rosen as Al. With a cast like this, quite a big one for this episode, it means that we got some team sports, James. Yes. Carl is keen for a cheers to return to its former glory and win a competition. She challenges Gary's Old Town Tavern to uh, a game of bowling. I got this theory, Sam. You see, all those other sports required real athletic ability. But with Bowen, we got the makings of a great team. Oh, Carl, listen, listen. You go to any Bowen alley, what do you see? A bunch of out-of-shape couch potatoes who do nothing but sit around and swill beer. Points at the people in the bar, namely Norm, Tim, Alan, etc., Cliff. Says they, they shouldn't sh- struggle to get a team of five. You wouldn't think so, but they're, they're all bad bowlers. They go for a triumph? Yes, why not? A sports audition. <laughs> Diane refers to it as audition, doesn't she? Yeah. And uh, they realise that none of them are good at bowling. And uh, they realise that they're going to have to cancel and admit defeat because they, won't get, they don't want to get embarrassed even more than they already have. It would just be too much for dear old gang at Cheers. Whatever would become of them if they lost at every sport. If only they had a, a ringer who could get them up through the points and win the competition. Yeah, perhaps a newcomer to the bar who they don't know much about, like Ken Domain. <laughs> Or Woody Harrelson. Or Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Carla kind of coaxes out of Woody a historic past that he's got, where he used to be a sort of champion bowler, as you naturally would. But uh, Woody's hesitant to bowl because there was an incident when he was a young lad. I still don't know what happened. You know, one minute I was picking up the 8-10 split, and the next thing I know, the 10-pin flies and hits old Sully right between the eyes, and he goes down like a sack of wheat. Sam, I ruined the man's life. Oh, come on, I'm sure you're exaggerating. Oh, no, no, I'm not. Old Sully got too dim-witted to stay in bowling maintenance. Last I heard, he was a clown at children's birthday parties. Well, what's wrong with that? He wasn't invited to them. Um, Woody's got like a PTSD kind of thing with it. Never bowl again. And apparently, this bowling alley technician grew up to be a children's clown. And I'm thinking, if this bowling technician has mental issues and was a children's clown, could Woody's story be the precursor to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film? Uh, well, well, maybe. Didn't think you were going to go there with that, but... There's connections. The answer is no. The answer is no. There's not enough to connect it. Or maybe there is. Joker's got an unreliable narrator, so... Anything could be true. Another interesting connection is that Woody Harrelson would later go on to star in Kingpin, where he played a bowler who loses his bowling hand. A bit tragic. Hmm. 
on that note. And because of this and the future loss for Hand, uh, Woody declines taking part in the bowling. Yes. We cut to the next scene. We're in a bowling alley, James. Ooh, bowling alley. They blew the budget for this episode. I thought it was a genuine bowling alley. <laughs> I think it was. I think it must have been. How's that for a callback? <laughs> Anything which isn't the bar. I'm going, ooh, that looks real. <laughs> it's because the set design and the set decorators and the whole set team, really, in choose, do such a good job at giving that realism. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's, a, it's an amazing job. I, I would be surprised if they built a bowling alley. I mean, they sure must be. I think it would be expensive to build a bowling alley. They could have done it. But I don't think they would have done for just... You know what? The sheer arrogance of the show, they probably built a set of a bowling alley in the car park next to a bowling alley. <laughs> they built a bowling alley in Diane's apartment. But something which confused me a little bit, they're talking about how bad they were at bowling and how they needed like a ringer. Carla was the ringer. Yeah, she was getting strikes. They were doing all right. Yeah, they were losing, but they weren't terrible. I wonder why they were losing? Because Cliff's wearing sunglasses in a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder they're not doing any good. But luckily, Woody turns up and saves the day. He's going to come, he's going to bowl, they're going to beat Gary's team. It's all good. Yeah. And this leads to one of the sort of quite funny scenes where Woody's gearing up to bowl. He's gone to the lane. <laughs> I'm trying to, bottom of the ounce. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. He's gearing up. He freezes. Oh no. And in the end, they just realise that he ain't going to bowl. But then another ringer. I'll tell you what, there's so many good bowlers. Just none of the people who they actually put on the team. That's why they've been losing all these games. But there's a there's a secret bowler. Brought out by the uh, arrogance of Gary. Exactly. And this is none other than Miss Chambers. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's the theme they needed. It was good. Walk-on music. And much, much like we, uh, we talked about in last week's episode, all the way through this bowling episode, Diane's just been reading a book. Minding her own business. Not working. Yeah, not, not never working. But she steps up to the plate or the lane. She steps up to the sports position. <laughs> Strike. Who would have thought it? They're like, oh, hang on. Ooh, not sure how this is going to go. Then it cuts back to cheers and they're carrying Diane on their shoulders. They're carrying Diane on their shoulders and going, yes, we won. Diane, come on, Diane. Excellent bowler. Chanting chambers. It's quite a total shift from normal, normal cheers. But everyone sort of hates on Diane. It, she just needed to bowl some more, but she didn't like bowling because uh, apparently she had to, from what I can gather, she needed college credits. Yes, I needed the PE credits. I could read between frames. And he didn't have to run. I spent six semesters sweating in a tawdry bowling alley. Bowlers don't sweat. They do when they're wearing tweed. Well, always wearing tweed. They win. So it doesn't matter. Sam gets a round of drinks, I'm pretty sure. As we're well aware by now, it's not really a, an episode of Cheers. If there's not a will they or won't they moment, James. Exactly. Which comes at the end of this episode. If you play a drinking game to Cheers, you drink when Norm orders a beer, you drink when there's a will they won't they, and you drink when Diane doesn't work. <laughs> and Cliff does something weird. It's a very dangerous 25 minutes. <laughs> I didn't say you have to down your drink, just have some of a beverage. But yeah, so the, Sam and Dan have this sort of will they, won't they, which we'll play a little bit of. Oh, by the way, mm. Tawny wasn't the only one looking sexy out there in bowling shoes. Oh, thank you. No, 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 I was talking about me. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention something. No, no, seriously, seriously. Great form out there. Thank you. Oh, no, no, I was still talking about me. <laughs> All right, all jokes aside here, thank you very much for helping me beat Gary. 
Well, I'm getting tired of listening to some ignorant blowhard take himself and some stupid competition so seriously. Boy, he really does that, doesn't he? No. I was talking about you. But at the end of the episode, Sam thanks Diane for helping them beat Gary, which was nice. James, 12 thumbs up. That's my rating. 12? 12 thumbs up. There's the trivia bar, James. You know what that means. Questions. Big pile of questions here. Do you want to kick off this session of letters of questions, James? All right. Here's a question for you. According to Cliff, how much did his sunglasses cost? Uh, I'm going to say $79. He said they were 65 smackaroonies. So... Depends what the dollar to smackaroonie exchange rate is. Pretty close, I think. Keeping in line with Cliff's glasses, how does he describe them? What are some of the salient points? Thin. Sleek. Sleek. Mmm, I see. Any other descriptors? European styling. Sturdy reinforced frames. I'm European styled with a sturdy reinforced frame. A high-tech shatterproof reflective lenses. I'm not that... Not worth 65 smackaroonies, though. No, maybe 50 smackaroonies. What is the name of the bowling alley they go to? Oh, just bowl. Just do it. No, it's Vic's Bowlerama. Ah, that's a good name. I bowl at Vic's. When Sam is concerned that people will start drinking up cheers and they'll say, cheers is a bar for losers, I'll go over and drink at Gary's, what does Diane say they would say instead? Me no like cheers. Me go Gary's. Yeah, let's go Gary's. She really knows how to make the customers feel valued. She's a terrible waitress. Here's one, and it's about the exact details of the bowling incident. What were the exact details? I feel like he threw the ball backwards and it hit someone. When Woody was picking up the 810 split, but when the 10 flew and hit Sully the maintenance man, right between the eyes, he went down like a sack of wheat. Sully became too dim-witted to stay in bowling maintenance and is now a clown at children's birthday parties, except he wasn't invited to them. It's very depressing. As I say, maybe he's joking Phoenix. We hear that uh, Gary's team have beat the gang at Cheers quite a few times a few games, James. Do you know a couple of games that they've uh, beat them up? Baseball. Yep. Dodgeball. Uh, maybe. Rock'em Suck'em Robots. Possibly. I was looking for basketball, volleyball, darts. But I, I like Rock'em Suck'em Robots, you say? <laughs> but no, uh, if they haven't yet, I'd put that as the follow-up game to bowling. There's a bar at the bowling alley where they know Norm. What is the name of this bar? <laughs> Just bowl? It's called the Riviera Room. I believe we've got a clip of Norm entering the Riviera Room. <laughs> At the bowling alley, Gary's giving some kind of heckling trash talk. He refers to Diane as a girl of Sigma Chi, which is a fraternity, and it's in real life the fraternity which Woody Harrison was an actual member of. But what sorority did Diane say she belonged to as a rebuttal? I don't know, James. The answer is Phi Epsilon Delta. And uh, Gary says, Oh, yes, I believe that's Greek for high sailor. Bit of a low blow there, Gary. Is that the last call at the bar, James? I believe it is. It's a victory thing. Look, they're bringing Diane in. 
Round of drinks. Trophy. Round of drinks. What were you drinking, James? Maybe a nice bowling-themed special, like a banana split. We could do, or we could have a draft pint out of the bowling trophy. Ooh, now that is decadent. I like it. Throw it in the air, you know, like chant. We can raise the trophy to chambers. And then whilst we have one hand in the air with the trophy, we'll have the other hand shaken, like disgruntedly, at Gary. Ooh, Gary. <laughs> How does that sound? Coming in here, making our waitress who doesn't work bowl. I'm looking forward to seeing more episodes with him in there. Yeah, to the return of Gary. Not because we like him, because there's unfinished business. <laughs> and I think, James, on that note, it's time to say thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast.